0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave O. Tough loss for the Royals tonight in Cleveland as they tried for their first road sweep at Progressive Field since 2003, but they come up short 7-5 as KC saw its third poor starting pitching performance in as many nights against the Tribe. It's Dave Owen. I'm glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish here on Clubhouse Conversation, where the Royals do still manage to get two of three in Cleveland. So still a successful series, still overall a successful road trip as well. The Royals go to 14-7 and seven after this loss, and the Tribe improve to 7-13. and 13, And we will break this game down. We'll talk about the starting rotation and the continued concerns that all Royals nations should have about the rotation. But how much should you be alarmed by the start from the Royal starters? We'll get into that here in a few minutes and also preview, of course, the big weekend series with Detroit. So lots to get to, but let's start off by giving our player of the game tonight. And three different candidates. You could go with Eric Hosmer. Who hits the big two-run home run in the sixth inning off of Danny Salazar to give the Royals a short-lived lead? The Royals come back from a deficit again thanks to the long ball in this game, but then give it right back. Unfortunately, so you could go with Haas, beautiful swing, nice piece of hitting, taking that ball out of the ballpark. His second home run of the year. You could go with Kendrys Morales. Man, he continues to mash the ball. A big two-out, two, you know, two-run RBI there. In the top of the first inning, driving in two, giving the Royals a two nothing lead. Or you could go with the guy I'm going to go with, Mike Moustakis. Again, two more hits and a run scored. Maybe not as sexy of a night as those other two guys, but Moose, the only Royal that had two hits, and it's just the fact that it's the approach. We've got to we've got to reward the approach. I mean, <laughs> I continue to talk about this almost every night. It's just insane how much of a different hitter Mike Moustakis has become, it's seemingly overnight. And you hear some people say, well, his agent Scott Boris gave him tapes from high school and it was that simple of a switch, and I don't believe that. I mean, I I think maybe that helped contribute, but, you know, give the Royals, you know, first of all, Mike moose gets the majority of the credit, but give Dale Swain a lot of credit for working with Moose. And guys throughout the, the entire system that work with him during spring training, Ned Yost. I mean, Ned Yost deserves a lot of credit too, guys, for sticking with Moose. The last couple of years, I mean, the famous third-base tree quote where I'm never wrong on young players. There's no third-base tree. I'm sticking with Moose. Look who's getting the last laugh. It's Ned. And it's still early, and the month of April is coming to a close. Only one more game for Moose to pad his April stats. But I have a good feeling that while he probably won't hit 350 another month this year, he'll continue to do a great job of working the entire ball field, especially taking the ball to left field. And he'll hit a share of home runs as well, 17-18 I'm feeling this year. For Moose. So nice job by him tonight. But outside of those three, the offense only had five hits tonight and no walks. And that hurts a little bit. You, you know, the Royals aren't a team that's ever gonna lead the league in on base percentage or or walks, but you'd like to think they could draw a few more than zero. One more than zero didn't happen, but but let's not harp on the offense. They put five runs on the board tonight, put 11 last. I mean, they're scoring runs left and right for the most part this year. The offense is amongst the leaders in the American League in just about every category. I'm not saying they are the leader, but they're amongst the leaders in virtually every category. I went through it last night. Coming into the game today, they were, I believe, fifth overall in Major League Baseball, tied with Detroit coming in, scoring 95 runs, coming into today's finale with Cleveland. So the offense, if they can continue to even be a semblance of what they've been, the Royals are going to have a great year. And then they're going to have to continue to do that, especially if the starting rotation doesn't get better. And let's get to that. So tonight, you're Ventura. At least he did finish the game without a cramp or getting ejected. And I'm being serious when I say that. I mean, especially after Alcides Escobar gets drilled in the head. 96 mile an hour. What's the deal with Escobar having a magnet for bad luck from his opponents this year? Of course, the the slide from Brett Laurie and the fastball right in the coconut, you know, right in the in the left ear hole. And we heard after the game that Escobar, they don't think he has a concussion, but they're going to monitor him. A contusion, they're saying, and they feel like he's getting a bit better. I still think it might be wise to give him one day off at least tomorrow, but knowing Escobar, I believe he'll probably be back in the lineup. The kid is tough, but that was a scary moment from Salazar. And I say the Ventura thing, it's nice that he didn't respond, because if Ventura drills a Cleveland guy at, best there's an issue you know a warning issued and at worst he's tossed and gets even more of a suspension. I doubt they would have tossed him if he responds. As long as he doesn't drill something in the head or talk afterwards. He probably could have hit somebody and been okay. But it's just nice to see Ventura control his emotions and not respond tonight. I think Franklin Morales did his second pitch up and into to Brand not to, Brownlee, to 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 uh Bourne, the fastball 10 music knocks Bourne down Think that was a purpose pitch, and that's fine. That's that's the way to do it. Old school, baby. I like it. But Ventura, I mean, but let's talk about his actual line tonight, and that's not good. So you know, the positive was he maintained his cool pretty well, especially with a bogus strike zone from Jerry Meals. Just an awful strike zone tonight. So Ventura didn't get rattled from his teammate and good friend Escobar getting hit, or Jerry Meals is. Inconsistently awful strike zone. He missed a good five to six pitches that were strikes from Ventura. And on the other side, the Royals had a good three to four called strikes that weren't strikes. There was one in particular, in the, I believe it was the seventh or eighth inning. Seventh inning, I believe, a moose was up. It was a 2 0 count. It was clearly ball three. They called the strike and that ended up, you know, Moose swings at the 2-1 and pops out to third base. I mean, the whole inning's different there. If it goes to 3-0, he's not swinging probably first of all. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I thought it was a poor effort from Meals, but we're not going to blame the game on him. We're just going to say he contributed and then Ventura overcame him. But five and a third, five runs on six hits. It's just not good from Ventura. Give up a, a big home run tonight. Again. I mean, we've seen that, you know, back-to-back outings. Four walks is bothersome, but again, I think two of those were probably credit to Jerry Meals, so I'm not quite as concerned about four walks as I normally would be. Only struck out one. That's something to be a little bit concerned about. I mean, Ventura did have an outing where he struck out eight this year. I believe it was his last outing against the White Sox, but for the most part is not racking up big strikeout numbers. And he doesn't have to strike out a hitter per inning, but you've got to see Ventura... Striking out four, five, six guys an outing to, to be successful. If he's not missing bats like most guys in the major leagues, he's not going deep in games and, and holding opponents down. So Ventura was not good tonight. His ERA now sits north of 4-9, just under 5-0. He, like Jeremy Guthrie and, and Jason Vargas and Danny Duffy, are just not getting the job done. Four of those five guys are not getting the job done right now. Duffy's been okay, but he's not giving the Royals innings. He's gone five in all four starts, but the most being five in a third. He's not going deep into games. None of these guys are. Even Volquez, who's been pretty damn good outside of his last start. And even Volquez's last start, of course, five shutout innings, and then it just falls apart in the sixth. And some of that was the defense behind him. But he didn't give him innings that game. So, I mean, I'm just saying the Royals starting rotation, how concerned should you be? And I got a tweet about that earlier from Brandon asking me, how concerned should we be about the Royals rotation? At Royals Clubhouse, by the way, is the Twitter. How concerned? Uh, I'm still going to say mildly concerned at this point. It's still, you know, we're still heading into the 1st of May. So We're basically what, about 17, 16, 17% of the way through the season. When we get to that, we'll say May 20th to May 25th mark. When we get about Three, four, three or four more times through this rotation. If guys are still having similar outings, you know we're going to have to do something. Because eventually the Royals bullpen, especially like I keep saying, you're going to miss Kelvin Herrera for a week soon. You're going to be still without Hochaver for another week, and when he comes back, who knows how often he can pitch. You're still without Holland right now. You're having to pull Chris Young into the rotation. Brandon Finnegan, to me, is still very green, very raw, not close to a finished product, which, by the way, buys really good for his future. That kid's got to Gigantic future because I think he's not even close to his potential yet. I think he needs a lot of work still. And Look how good he's already been at the major league level. So that kid's going to be awesome. But right now, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't trust him necessarily in a close game. So, I mean, the point being the bullpen or the, the rotation is going to have to start getting some innings for the Royals. The Royals need at least six inning outings, four out of five nights. It's got to happen. You know, mix it a seven inning, one or two out of five. A six-inning, four out of five, and a four or five-inning the other one, you can live with that because, like I said before the year, yes, they're going to lose some innings due to James Shields being gone. I didn't think they were going to lose as many as it looks like they're going to lose, but at some point, you know, your bullpen is going to get worn down, and your offense is not going to be able to keep overcoming this. I mean, the starting rotation for the Royals has only produced seven quality starts so far this year. Just seven quality starts for the Royals starting rotation in 21 games so far this year. That's not good. The good news, though, is that all these guys have produced at the major league level before. Even guys like Duffy and Ventura, not for a, 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 you know, not, not for multiple years, but they have done it in spurts. We know they can do it. They've done it in the playoffs, namely Ventura, of course. I'm talking about since Duffy was injured last year. You know what you're going to get from Guthrie and Vargas. Hopefully, some innings. Not guys that are going to you know have ERAs in the low threes, but guys that are going to give you innings and hopefully stay in the upper threes, low fours, if all goes well. And you feel like Volquez can give you close to 200 innings in the threes, low low to mid threes. But, you know, if some of these guys don't perform, you know, I guess the bad news is I don't see anybody ready to step in from the young crop of guys. Miguel Almonte might be the closest guy this year from what I hear, from what my sources, quote-unquote, tell me that – that watch minor league baseball and see these teams and a couple of scouts I know. Almonte is probably the closest of the, of the young guys. Zimmer is due back to start pitching here in about two to three weeks in Northwest Arkansas. I would not count on Zimmer in the rotation this year. Maybe a bullpen guy in September since he's on the, you know, since they can easily bring him up. But Ben Ferd doesn't miss enough bats. I'm not sold on him as a starter quite yet. Finnegan, not quite yet. Uh, and, and so to me, Almonte might be the the young guy. But I mean, the Royals do have Chris Young at the major league level. They've got Joe Blanton, they've got Johan Pino. So, enough guys where you feel like you can, you know, bandage it up a little bit. And of course, the Royals can also if they have to. I, I, and I'm talking worst case here, guys. I'm not saying this anytime soon. This this is like starting in June or after if this continues. But, you know, worst case, you feel like the Royals can also make a trade. Late June into the, you know, towards the trade deadline. They've got enough guys at the minor league level. They've got a really nice minor league system. Most depth I've ever seen them have. Maybe not the, the, the you know, the Baseball America number 1 farm system type high ceiling prospects but the royals to me had the most depth the most major league prospects they've ever had and, you know some some of these guys don't profile as all-stars as much but i think they are going to turn out a lot of good major league players and pitchers that are currently down there in the minor leagues and that's a tribute to Dayton Moore and scott sharp and jj piccolo and lonnie goldberg and company doing a great job and of course all the minor league coaches so we'll we'll kind of just See what happens. with The rotation. The important thing is the Royals are winning. A three and four road trip is fine. We said coming in four and three. Well, we actually said there was going to be a, you know, a, a longer road trip. We said, uh, well, yeah, three and three road trip. Sorry, there was a game rained out. So three and three. So the Royals finished. We said coming in three and four was the worst case goal, and four and three was the realistic goal. So the Royals three and three versus four and three. It's pretty close. It had they had that seventh game, who knows? I'll take it. Come home five hundred at three and three when you didn't get hardly any good starting pitching in this entire trip. You had some shoddy defense in Chicago and you faced a Cleveland team who I still think was a dangerous team and I think they're going to start hitting the ball and they did tonight. So I think Cleveland's starting to wake up a little bit and they'll continue to do so. So that series in KC could be minorly scary next week too. But But let's talk about Detroit. Alright? Four games against the Tigers and I'll just tell you right now the Royals have to get two of these games. Well they don't have to but they need to get two of these games. It's still early May. But You need to get two of these games. And nothing else the Royals need to put their foot down and say last year was BS. You know, we won the season series with you a couple years before that. You dominated us last year. And, of course, listening to the Tigers head-to-head cost the Royals the AL Central last year. You know, throughout the year they got dominated. The Royals need to make sure they get at least two. Three would be a statement in this series. And it needs to start in the first couple games because I don't like the matchups as well on Saturday and Sunday. I like tomorrow a lot. You got Danny Duffy going against Alfredo Simone. 1-0 1-0 and for Duffy with a four one five. Simone, 4-0 and with a 1-6-5. So and the thing about him, Alfredo, is that he gave up three runs in his last outing against Minnesota. Before that, he'd given up three combined all year. So this kid has been nails, the right-hander. And if you're saying, I don't know much about this guy, well, that's because the Royals haven't seen him since 2011. It's been since he pitched with Baltimore since KC saw him. So no real reason to go into histories with the Royals because it just doesn't really matter that much when it's four years ago. There's a couple guys he's seen, your Gordons, and he's seen Morales throughout the years and guys like that. But the majority of this Royals lineup hasn't seen him very much. Now, Danny Duffy has held current Detroit players to a 184 average. So that's good. Now, Duffy comes in with a 415, like I said, uh, needs to give the Royals some, some innings tomorrow. Let's see six to seven innings at a Duffy tomorrow of two or three-run ball. I think the Royals get the W. They, they need that game tomorrow. I like the Royals tomorrow. I think they'll find a way to put three or four runs on the board, and I still think Detroit's bullpen is, is pitching better than they are. They're awful. Sample size. And, 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 like today, what, they threw up four scoreless innings, I think, today, against the Twins, with, allowed Detroit to come back from behind and win that game today, which is too bad, by the way. Get this game into the bullpens. That you know, that's obviously all season long. The Royals and Tigers. That's that's the easy analysis you can do. Is a bullpen game is in the Royals' favor. That's just obvious. So the Royals can get three, four runs tomorrow and, and have Danny Duffy do the same. I, I like their odds because they'll find a way to win this game at home with their bullpen. So they need to get that one tomorrow, I think. Then Friday we see lefty Kyle Lobstein for the first time. So a couple guys we don't have much history with in the first two games. Chris Young toe on the rubber for the Royals. He's one and zero with a one eight six. Lobstein two and one with a three five. Kind of a crafty lefty. you only seen him pitch twice, to be honest with you. So I, I can't give you too much of a report on him. I've seen him throw twice. But like I said, never face the Royals. I can tell you that Young is 2-0 lifetime versus Detroit. Been very good with the 1670 ERA against Detroit. So that's good news. And only one guy on the entire Tigers roster has a batting average above 300 against Chris Young, and that's Andrew Romine, who's 2 for 4 So 500 and a small sample size of four at-bats. So Young and Lobstein out like the Royals again. Get these two games. Have to get one of them. Have to get one of them. Hopefully two, because then it gets a little bit more difficult Saturday and Sunday. Edison Volquez and David Price. Saturday. Volquez has been a stud. Only one earned run his last outing against the White Sox, although he didn't give the Royals the innings they wanted. And like I said, some of that was the unearned four runs that were allowed. But two and two with a one-nine-one. So Volquez still comes in with sparkly numbers. David Price, not quite as good, but better his last start, is two and one with a three-four-eight. Price coming off of six and a third innings of three-run ball against the Twins. He's one and oh against KC with a one-two-three in his career, but that's only in 22 innings. And looking at Volquez. Not a lot of data since he's mostly been in the National League, obviously. 15 and two thirds against the Tigers with a 5.74. But again, not too much data right there. Two and a half starts worth over his career. Sunday, I don't like it all. Although both guys have extremely bloated numbers. Jason Vargas, Anibal Sanchez. Vargas, 2 and 1 with a 5.95, and last year got lit up. Up by the Tigers. Last year, Vargas was 1-3 with a 6-1-8 against Detroit. I do not like this matchup, especially on a Sunday where it's going to be warm and the ball is going to be carrying at the K. I'm a little nervous about Sunday. <laughs> but Sanchez hasn't been that good either. But I mean the thing about him is he had a couple of really bad starts and inflated things. His last two outings have been quality starts. And against the Royals, Sanchez has five and two with a 1-0-7. So do you, you see what I'm saying? They really need to get. For sure, one of these first two. Because the Royals, if they can just split those last two on Saturday and Sunday, I'll take it. You tell me right now we'll split the games against David Price and Anibal Sanchez, I'll take it. Find a way to get both of these first two games, and then you can't lose in this series. Like I said, you you need the split. Get the first two, and you have nothing to lose going into the last two. Just get the first two, though. At least one, but really need both of them. And, of course, we'll have them for you all weekend. Should be huge crowds at the K. What do we think of the crowds out there? Are we thinking two sellouts and two others north of 32 or 33,000? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking a sellout Friday and Saturday, maybe 34 Sunday, maybe 32 tomorrow. It'll be interesting. Should be a great weekend of weather, some great promotions, of course, with Gordo Nation and uh, what do they call those things? Zumba Pants, or the hell they're called? Zuba? Zuba. There we go. On Friday and Saturday, we've got Salvia Perez, Bobblehead, Family Fun Day on Sunday. So we'll see you out there at the K. I'll be out there all four games. If you see me, uh, yeah, I'll be the ugly guy sitting behind on plate. <laughs> Say hi. We'd love to talk to you. You may also find me at the Topsy's concession stand. I have to go to get Topsy's every game at the K. Go Royals! We'll talk to you again, and, and let's get at least two, hopefully three, this weekend.